Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's bring in Tom Murphy now, get his thoughts on basketball, bowl game, and everything else. And Tom, welcome, and uh, I will wish you in advance a happy new year in case we run out of time. But uh, certainly have appreciated you all year long, as we always do, and looking forward to our visit today. How are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing great, and Happy New Year to you and all the listeners as well. It was a wild time in Memphis, as Wes, I'm sure, would tell you. But, hey, the Razorbacks ultimately came out with a win. I asked Sam Pittman about, you know, would you have rather just close that thing out in regulation, or does it make it even funner that you had to go through the drama? And his response to that was, I'm exhausted. So I'm not sure how he felt, but I thought it I didn't like being there an extra 45 minutes or whatever, but it sure did made it make it a bigger impression on us. That'll, that'll be remembered for a long time. Yeah, I imagine that's probably true. And there is probably something to be said for winning in dramatic fashion versus winning by 30. As a fan and as someone who loves college sports, I enjoyed the heck out of it, although it would have been nice to not make it quite as interesting. I would have liked to see them win by maybe, you know, a touchdown or something in overtime. But it was a – it was a wild affair. We, we were talking just a little bit ago. Clint Sterner was on with us, Tom, and they've re- reversed the decision on the McAdoo play. And honestly, I can't remember that ever happening bef- before, where after the game they come back and say, no, we made a mistake and he won't be suspended for next year, but it's certainly the right thing to do. Right. Well, you know, the review po- process just started uh, this year. So Arkansas had not had a targeting call all season until that one. And uh, I was going to lead right into that. Um, I did not think Matt Landers fumbled. I thought he was cupping the ball securely, as securely as you can cup the ball in one hand, as he fell to the ground and the back of his elbow hit, and then the ball came out. And so, really, the game is over at that point. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would have been third and one from the 20-yard line with the clock running under three minutes and Kansas with no timeouts left. So, I mean <laughs> – but the the wildness ensued after that, and we're going to be talking about it for years. But then, okay, so then the Quincy McAdoo play happened. Well, uh, I I know it, it felt like it was a close play. Well, like, did he leave with his head? Where did his head make contact and all that? Of course, D- Daniels fumbled on the play. But the game would have ended right there. So you have two plays in which the game would have ended if only the calls and the reviews had gone in Arkansas's way. And it felt like, they didn't get very many reviews going their way that night. No, that's true. Um, there's no question on the fumble. That's an embarrassment, and somebody should be suspended over that. The targeting was a little closer, and what my argument was, Tom, if you go in with your face up, you probably don't get the call. But because he did lead with the crown, I don't think he made a lot of contact, if any. He was very very ancillary, if anything, with uh, mm-hmm. with Daniel's head. But I think if you go in with your face mask leading the way versus the top of your helmet, you probably maybe you know get that call because I think you know majority of the contact was made against the ball, not against his head. Right, and you know I, I've been kind of doing a slow motion rewatch of the game yesterday and then today. I've been watching it, um, and I do think the majority of the bad calls went against Arkansas. But there was a third down play down in Arkansas territory that. Um, Dwight McLaughlin got away with grabbing a dude's jersey from behind and basically pulled him down. And at the time, I wrote, well, the receiver fell down, third down, whatever. <laughs> but no, McLaughlin had his jersey. And then uh, there was another play later in the game, and I'm forgetting um, what it was. But it was a pretty blatant. Dan Mullen called it out on the broadcast. Like, that should have been 
something, and I forgot what it was. So those were at least two plays that Arkansas didn't have called on them. But, yes, the majority of the flags, the majority of the reviews, that all went against Arkansas. And as, as a fan, if I'm a fan, I would have been really mad, and particularly if they'd lost the game. Yeah. So uh, we're talking to Tom Murphy on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. I talked to Quinn about this a little bit yesterday, and I think it's, start, it's time to start having the conversation um, where you're going to put K.J. Jefferson in the pantheon of Razorback quarterbacks with a year to play, and let's just say that he's going to create something similar next year to what he's done the last couple of seasons. Um, this guy, I mean, again, when you think about leadership, toughness, you know, playing through injury and the performances that he's put on, I mean, he's going to be way, way up there, i got to think, Tom, in the big scheme of things. Yeah, great question and great, you know, great examination, I would say. Um, if he has a year similar to the, the two he's had, um, unquestionably one of the best. I don't think he can approach Brandon Allen's touchdown pass record, uh, nor the total running that Matt Jones ever did. But yet, it's the overall, the leadership, how much of the offense dictated upon how well he performed, um, his, his numbers. Um, he, he now has the second and third best completion percentage years in, in Arkansas history, and they're right under Felipe Franks' record. So in the three years that Kendall Bryles has been offensive coordinator, Kevin Scanlon's record has now gone down three consecutive times, or, or surpassed three consecutive times. So, um, yeah, and, you know, his, his rushing numbers were down a little bit this year, and, and that's largely, largely because he was sacked a bunch, too. Well, um, he missed a yeah, couple games, right? I, and he missed a couple of games. But I have to say that even now, like even like say if he declared later, he didn't come back, even now after two years, I would say he's one of the best ever put on the jersey for the Razorback. I think that's uh, absolutely correct. Um, the other thing is about this game, you know, and again, nobody's going to act like beating Kansas is some kind of, um, you know, noteworthy record-setting achievement. But I think the biggest thing for Arkansas was you just could not afford to lose the game. And I think the feeling going into the offseason is completely different because you didn't lose the game. And certainly if you'd lost it in the way that they were about to, it would have been really hard to overcome. And I don't think the feelings going into next season would have been very good for the fan base. Isn't that amazing, though? Yeah, it would have been a tragically, like, not only you know frustrating, but just anger-inducing loss based on, A, you know, the officiating, and, B, not holding on to that lead. And, and you know, people might say, well, they got really conservative. Well, Think about it. They converted the third and three with a 43-yard pass. That's not conservative. You know, it's true, they didn't rush the ball well on a couple of different series, but they also had a um, the uh, offensive pass interference when they yep. converted a third and two, which was a creative play on which Dominion was wide open, but they had the offensive pass interference. And Jaden Wilson makes contact before, you know, the pass is thrown. So, Yes, their rushing wasn't as effective in the fourth quarter, and they did run the clock down. They just look a little bit different when they run the play clock all the way down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, on the whole, um, when you're 7-6, and six, you had a, a winning record. Uh, your coach gets a contract extension automatically triggered and a raise, and you have a different feel about you know, the direction of the program because you had a winning record. Let me ask you about Coach Bryles, and I am a Bryles fan, and I defend him a lot to our listeners. 
And to your point, social media exploded when Arkansas started giving the lead away. We went back through it on a – and it's probably pretty boring radio, but I thought it was important to kind of outline it. We went through play-by-play, and after Arkansas scored that touchdown midway through the third quarter, we went through it. I don't think Arkansas shut it down. They only had one conservative um, series, really, in the entire end of the game there, and I think they had the ball maybe five more times. But you're right. I mean, they did get creative. They did get aggressive, including the reverse that ended up in a fumble that wasn't a fumble. And so the only thing that bothered most of us was on the third and short play, Tom, and it was your signature, you know, Bryles play, right? I was I was comparing it to, to Art yesterday. Like, I don't know Art. I don't know the meaning of it, the background. I don't know what they're trying to achieve. But if you put a Monet and a Picasso in front of me, um, I can probably tell you, or a Dolly, give me a Dolly and a Picasso. I can tell you tell, tell you them apart. Can't tell you anything about them. Can't tell you why it's meaningful. But I can tell you that's definitely a Dolly, right? When I see a play like that, I'm like, that's a Bryles play. And it's nothing against the guy overall because I think he does a hell of a job and you got to keep the other things. I mean, they still rush for almost 400 yards. You know, they had a 680-yard night. I mean, you got to give that credit to it. People forget about that part of it because they're pissed off about a goofy play. But that was a goofy play on third you, two when you're running it down their throats on the direct snap. Oh, uh, well, you talked about the play to Dubinion uh, from the yep. direct snap to Dubinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but think about it. And I'm going to go off on a tangent here or on, on a tirade. Because okay. I think Arkansas fans on social media have lost their minds when they start talking about, I've had enough of Sam Pittman, and Kendall Bryles has to go, are you are you joking? Are you kidding me? Look at the total offense numbers the last three years. I just re- recited K.J. Jefferson's completion percentage numbers. Um, the, the Dominion direct snap went for a touchdown in one of their games. I don't know what the blocking scheme was or why there was penetration or why he was stopped, but the play had worked for them before. And it's being creative. Uh, if they don't contact on the offensive pass interference, then they've converted a huge third down late in the fourth quarter. So I do think, though, I, I do think overall, if you want to be better next season, you have to be better in the red zone because you, you can yep. – have a, there's a direct correlation on their close losses to LSU, to Liberty, um, uh, to uh, A&M, where they didn't convert stuff down in the red zone. And then and, and it also happened like Mississippi State, even though it was a bigger margin, and BYU, even though it was an Arkansas blowout. But all those things happen. And so whatever it takes to uh, be – Create. I mean, make, run misdirections, throw those things where your tight end releases, like the Ty Washington touchdown. Yep. All that has to be in the repertoire because, to me, that's the biggest sore thumb that sticks out is is inability to get touchdowns in the red zone and some of these key losses. So, But I, I, I will defend Kendall Bryles. I think he's got a great team. I think it fits K.J. Jefferson. And I, I really get tired of watching the social media posts fly by. Maybe people are just trying to create havoc and, and all that. So it just bothers me. No, I'm with you 100%. I agree. And, and, again, I think if you – when I see stuff like that, he's got to go, he doesn't do a good job, you're, you're myopic, bordering on idiotic, if you believe that. I'm sorry. But there are those one or two plays a game where it's just like, ooh, I don't know about that one. But generally speaking, the guy's <laughs> doing a whale of a job, and I need people to back off as well. Um, let's turn the pace I, I, to basketball. You go ahead. I, I agree, Justin. People need to back off. The, the, the play that Kansas, see, Kansas comes under that microscope. Jalen Daniels had done a, just a phenomenal job yes. leading them back in the game after the two interceptions. And then they run a play, a two-point conversion play, 
it's a re, you know reverse with their backup quarterback, and he's just too amped up and delivers high, and that's it. That's the game, and they they basically took the ball out of Daniel's hands, and that's what you don't want to see. No, I, we talked about that with Quinn yesterday. It's unthinkable and it's inexcusable, and that's a play that they'll be scratching their heads over for the next twenty years. But the difference is. Kansas already had their big step forward this year. Just to get to a bowl game, they didn't need it. So it all worked out fine. It's good. And it would have been tragic for Arkansas to lose with those bad calls. And then uh, I won't even go into the horrific performance on the uh, onside kick return. But I know there were a lot of new bodies probably being moved around, Tom. And I'm sure that was one of the factors. You know, again, you can only cover up so many, you know, so many gaping holes at one time when you're, you know, moving guys around defensively and offensively and guys that haven't played a lot. And you go back to the penalties you talked about. I mean, that maybe that's a little bit on the fact that guys haven't played a lot of snaps. Uh, but yeah, boy, that was a, a pretty, that was about as poorly fielded an, an obvious onside kick coming as I've seen maybe ever. Yeah, the play by play on the stat broadcast that night never put who recovered it. I mean, like the play is missing. It just, it just says Kansas ball again, and I've yeah, Arkansas missed I've rewatched it, too. it. Yeah, I've re <laughs> good one. I've rewatched <laughs> it. It looks like it looked like some guys on the front line maybe should have gone for the ball, and and everyone has their own um, assignment. And I know it looked like Hudson Henry was going to block a guy, but you know Matt Landers, who's the next wave, should have been rushing up to recover, and it looked like he lingered back. So. I don't know. I'm not putting the blame on anybody other than they did have new guys and new positions on that hands team, and it just felt like maybe somebody on the front line should have just jumped up and and recovered the ball rather than letting it get past. Because it it hadn't even gotten 10 yards when Hudson Henry and the dude he was making contact with, uh, well, it was like it was eight yards at that point, and then it went beyond the 10 yards. You go, you know, I think about that playoff game a few years ago with the Packers, and you know, got a guy who up front who's supposed to block and decides to try to jump up and make the catch, and ends up fumbling and it ends up helping to cost the Packers the game. Although it was a day where I think Seattle turned it over five times and they should have won the game anyway, but they didn't. But that was the critical play, and that's one that will be remembered. So you got to do your assignment, but maybe guys, yeah, kind of learn in new positions. Let, let's flip over to hoops, and you know, it was disappointing certainly. And, you know, there were a couple of calls in that game, too, that were a little bit questionable, maybe one that was missed where it should have been a personal foul. And I thought, honestly, I thought Council, even though it was maybe a little ambitious to go in against four defenders, I still thought he drew contact late. Um, they also missed some critical free throws late. Last year they started 0-3 in conference play and, and ended up in the Elite Eight, so it's certainly not the end of the world. But this is a team with the lineup changes, Tom, to me, still trying to figure it out a little bit. And you saw a little different rotation. Must typically will shorten that bench when he gets – a little bit deeper in the season, but you know you see three starters play basically the entire game. Uh, I don't know how long they can keep that up. Maybe he feels like they can for an extended period of time. Yeah, you know, obviously I was doing press conferences and all that during the, the entire course of that basketball game, which and actually covering the very end of it. So I mean, when we really got engaged, there was like 20 seconds left in the game. So I I haven't rewatched it yet, uh, but I did see that the shooting percentages were low for both teams. Uh, the free throw, free throws were six of twelve and five of ten, so just horrendous. But also, not a lot of fouls called. So that doesn't. When Arkansas jacks up uh, twenty-five three-pointers and shoots ten free throws, that's not their formula. So they'll work on that. Um, I, I'm not sure what the minutes were like either, too. So um, I I like it when they try to go deeper on their bench. Um, uh, Eric Mossman clearly knows his team and the personnel better than I do. So uh, I think Arkansas fans are going to have to trust 
that he's going to get the read on what's going to make this team better because he's he's got the, the evidence to show from the last two years. Well, and they're going to do the same thing defensively. I would think teams going forward are going to do the same thing. They're going to pack it in and, and dare Arkansas to shoot it. And we had you know we had Devo on yesterday, and I'm, I don't I said this yesterday too, and I don't mean to pick on him at all, but he said, "Well, we were open," and I'm like, I'm thinking. That's the strategy. They want you to shoot from the perimeter. They don't want you attacking the basket, which is your strong suit. Attack the basket, get to the get to the free throw line. Um, but you know, bottom line is, and I told the guys yesterday, you know, Arkansas shoots sixteen percent from three. If they make two more threes in that game, Tom, and they shot like you said twenty plus, it's still a horrible shooting night. But you win the game. Yeah, yeah, and so. I, I think you're right. I think teams are going to do that and make them make them have to pay. And maybe that means more 15-footers and 14-footers from the wings. Um, um, obviously, the enticement of making the three is a big deal. But I, there's enough data right now to show they are not a good three-point shooting team. And so you have to you have to take it from there. You know what's your next step? It doesn't mean that you don't don't take them. And if Devo says they were open, okay, they were open. He doesn't have a good shooting percentage from three-point range, and uh, some of his teammates don't either. Um, so they're just going to have to keep working on that, be a better three-point shooting team, but also be able to break down teams that pack it in on. For sure. I imagine they'll see a lot more of that, though, and, and next week we'll see what Missouri tries to do against them. And Missouri, obviously, riding high off uh, of an impressive win, dominating win against Kentucky, and they were kind of in the same boat LSU was in, Tom. They had a good record but hadn't played good enough competition to be respected nationally. And mm-hmm. you know they come and get a, a big win. You know, in, in their case against Arkansas and for Missouri over Kentucky, which was a you know again, let's be honest. I mean, they're 19th, but I'm sure the you know the the uniform probably had a little bit to do with that too. Probably so, but look, that was that was a good at, good performance, and they they whipped Illinois earlier. So this is this is going to be a tough home conference opener for the Razorbacks, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the complexion of the conference, even though there's been some some bad out of conference losses, I think. Um, you know, Alabama's going to be tough. Looks like Auburn's going to be pretty tough. Um, I, I just think, you know, we, we believe in what Eric Musselman does. We think they're going to find their way, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, Tennessee is a very, very tough team, and you know, yep. Kentucky's going to get better. Yep, unfortunately. Tom, we're going to end there. I appreciate the time. Happy New Year again to you. Appreciate you all through the year, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, outstanding. Happy New Year, everyone. See ya. All right, brother. Appreciate it. That's Tom Murphy on the uh, Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. It's 1128. Set a timeout.